Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The Links and Locks Podcast. Podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner! Four! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of the Links and Locks podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He is my podcast co-host and former friend, Ben Everall, who is at St. <laughs> Andrews, the old course, for the 150th edition of the Open Championship. I, I'm not there this week, Benny. We're taping this on uh, Monday morning, my time, Monday afternoon, your time. I already have some serious FOMO. It, I think it started when you were texting me uh, pictures of you playing Kings Barnes on, on Sunday evening. I don't know if I'm supposed to give that up. You were probably supposed to be working. But, um, yeah, I have some serious FOMO going on right now. Yeah, thanks for having me again, mate. Yeah, of course, absolutely um, brilliant to be here at St. Andrews for the 150th Open. And yes, yeah, so I did walk around with Tiger Woods in his practice round prior, wrote a story, and then took off to Kings Barn. So I think I'm in the clear. Um, sensational stuff. And any golf we can get in this week is a bonus. Um, it's good to get that off to a good start. And I'm excited for a huge week. Benny, I don't want to mince words here. I hope you lost your butt on... Sunday evening playing at Kings Barnes. I, I, I have no pity for you whatsoever. So, all right, let's get right into it. Uh, like we said, 150th Open Championship, and I've got some good stats I'll get to late in the pod about some historical anniversaries at other major championships. There's a little trend here. Maybe the golf gods shining down upon us. But as usual, we do it every week. 18 holes, 18 best bets for this week's Open Championship. Ben Everell. You're on the tee, play away. I, I guess I, I, I should have to do that in the actual. The Ivor uh, Robson, Ivor yeah. Robson style. Yeah. Um, can, can you do it? Can, can you do a good Ivor? I got nothing. I got nothing. No, on the no. tee. <laughs> 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 Mate, as always, I'll give you my, uh, I guess, second choice outright uh, option to start. Um, this might come as a little left field to some, but also you'll laugh because it is an Aussie. And she said, Do you come from a land down under? It is a man that, though, is not the guy that you might expect straight out the gate. I am saying that Adam Scott, between 65 and 100 to 1, 
is a huge chance at this Open Championship. It's his 22nd Open Championship. In the last 10 played, he's made nine of 10 cuts, seven top 25s, four top 10s. Uh, he was T10 here in 2015 where he had the lead on the 14th hole, had a one-foot putt to stay there in the lead, missed it, finished bogey, bogey, par, bogey, double, five shots over those last five holes to miss the playoff by five shots. He was T14 in the recent US Open. He's been here prepping. Adam Scott is a big hope from what I've seen in his early days to sneak through and play in a Claret Jug that has gone begging for him at least three times. There is no Adam Scottier story than missing a one-foot putt and falling apart and losing out on a playoff by five strokes. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's sort of the story of his life right there. Not that he hasn't been a great champion at other events, a Masters champion, of course, but that just sort of epitomizes his career a little bit. I, I kind of like that play. I, I didn't have it on the radar and just listening to you say that and thinking about Adam Scott, I know he did a really nice thing with a caddy uh, earlier today. And um, it's just, I, I can kind of see it a little bit. I don't, I don't know that I'm going all in on Adam Scott, but. Uh, well, let's I, look at, let's look at who won here last time. DFS lineups, maybe playing some, some prop bets with, with Adam. Yeah. Let's, let's look who won here last time. Zach Johnson, an old guy that had also won the masters. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, Louis Tazen, obviously the time before. It suits the, like, and the Open can throw up these older guys, right? It's, it's a younger man's game these days, no doubt. Obviously, Morikel won the Open. But St. Andrews and this championship gives those older guys of experience a level pegging, right? It gives them the chance. It's baked out here hard and fast. Guys are going to make the same amount of putts as each other. I just think, Adam, as I said, Adam's done perhaps perfectly for these every year. He should have three Claritats in his pocket. He doesn't. He knows the time for his chances starting to get less and less. And I, I just have a feeling that he's primed and ready to do something big. All right. I like that. And like you, Ben, I'm going to start out on the second hole with uh, sort of a, a longer shot type of shout. I mean, this is in – I just don't really see us going down to – I was looking for a guy 150, 200 to one who can win. I, I, I will talk about some of those long shot sleeper type plays for other bets. But if you're just throwing an outright ticket out there – I'm not going too far down the board. I don't know that I'm getting into triple digits, but Bob McIntyre, Robert McIntyre of Scotland at 65 to one hasn't been playing his best golf this year, but boy, he turns it on when it means the most. He's made the cut in all nine major championship starts of his young career so far. And the last two times he's played the open, he's finished sixth and eighth. That's some really good stuff for a 25 year old who, obviously knows the terrain, knows how to play Lynx golf. I can see him sort of riding a wave of momentum. I don't like him to win. If you give me one choice on a guy to win, it's not going to be him. I'll tell you at the end of the pod who I'm picking to win. Might not be a huge surprise, but I'm going all in on that guy. But if you want a ticket with a bigger number, Robert McIntyre is my guy. Yeah, man, look, I was, I was hoping that he'd do well last week. He was a guy I had on my radar last week at the Scottish Open yeah. um, for exactly all the reasons you said. And I feel like, you know, sometimes the moment, um, the local moment and the, and the feels for all that works for guys. Sometimes it doesn't, but I do feel like he's the type that could, you know, be that one where American fans are sitting there going, who's that guy? Who is he? And he's up there with a chance. So, yeah, no issue with that. All right, let's go to the third hole. I'm going to throw some top five options at you. Now, these are, there's two guys here who, just fell out of my top two outrights. So if you like these two in the outright market, absolutely go for them. Uh, one is uh, pretty obvious. Look, he's had 
four top tens in his last eight open appearances, including a win. He's won this year at the Heritage. He was T10 last week, had a chance, fell back late. Uh, but Jordan Speed, uh, I feel like, is a, is a top five option. I think I saw him at about, uh, let's see, anywhere between 400, plus 400, plus 600 for that. Uh, I expect Jordan will contend. He, he always seems to do that at the Open. He showed enough last week that, he, that he's got the game to do it again. And with him, and this one was a tough one. I almost went with this guy for my outright, outright. But Patrick Cantlay, Ooh. 600 for a, a top five, has been off the radar completely, the, the, the FedEx Cup champion. But he, let, me, let me give you his last few starts, his results. Like second in a play, like losing a playoff, win, miscut, T3, T14, T13, and T4 last week at the Scottish Open, a sneaky T4. Patrick Candlay is sneaking up on this field and may just surprise a few people. So I've got him a top five there at plus 600, Patrick Candlay. I've been waiting for the Patrick Cantlay week at a major championship. Could be very much like Colin Morikawa last year, where we know he's great. We know he can win majors. We didn't quite think it would happen in an open championship before maybe a Masters or a U.S. Open. But, uh, yeah, you're right. He played terrific golf, especially on the weekend last week, and I could see that happening. All right, you are you and I are on the same page so far because not only picking similar types of players, same players, but making the same bets here because I have two top fives for the fourth hole here. One of them, the same guy that you listed first, Jordan Spieth. I just think that creativity is going to be so important on this golf course. Look, we're going to see the full speed this week, just like we saw last week at the Scottish Open, holding out wedge shots and looking brilliant at times, and then missing four footers on Sunday and, you know, sort of pissing it away a little bit when it mattered the most. But we are going to see everything, the full spectrum from Jordan speed this week. I just think that, uh, look, he's playing well. And his creativity on this golf course is going to be so important. The second guy, it almost worries me a little bit, Ben, because you haven't mentioned his name yet. And I'm hoping you're just holding him off till the end. But usually you get in a Cameron Smith mention before I ever do it. I really like him this week. Uh, You've mentioned, I actually uh, paraphrased you in my preview this week, writing that you've said on so many occasions here on the pod, that he, he gets up for these big events. I mean, I, I know we could probably say that about every golfer in the world, but uh, he really sort of gets motivated just for the historical perspective of playing at these things. I really think Cameron Smith is due for a, a great week here, look good on the weekend at the Scottish, so I've got him for a top five as well. Mate, it's a great segue for me into my next hole, the fifth hole. Now, look, I have Smitty down in my top 20s, but only because I see there's an absolute lock Plus 115, Cameron Smith to finish in the top 20 this week. As you said, pretty decent last week. T10 finish. He's had two wins this year. I was literally just out with him on the course while he's chipping and putting around. Mm-hmm. Now, for, for the Aussie fans out there, he is in such a good mood. I will say get on the win 100% if. Here's the biggest. At 11 o'clock local time here on Wednesday, um, and I, you know some people might hear this and try to find us, but I'm just going to say at a very nearby pub, Cameron Smith and a few of the rest of us have a two, three, two and a half hour window at one of these pubs closed off to watch the State of Origin decider. Huge <laughs> rugby league match between the New South Wales Blues and the Queensland Maroons in the middle of the day before the Open Championship. Oh, yeah, this was his priority. What are you this doing was the priority. There? That's, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to be with Cameron Smith to show that he's such an everyday man that he is literally going to be in the pub in the middle of the day on Wednesday. Now, if the Maroons, who are rank outsiders, his team, 
rank underdogs because they've had some guys out with COVID and a few other things. If they win, which they tend to do often when they're underdogs, Cameron Smith will probably win the out because he will ride off the back of that. I'm telling you, he, he, that's, that's, he prides himself on being just like these players in this particular game. And the people that know, know what I'm talking about. Now, if his Maroons get spanked, like I hope they do by the Blues, now, you know, they might take a bit of wind out of Smitty's sails. So that's why I went with the conservative. Okay. With right. him there too, I've gone with Max Homer, plus 240. T16 last week, good vibes, playing a couple of local courses, just, you know, <laughs> getting himself around the Scottish Open last week, a winner this year as well. Max Homer, 240 for top 20. Okay. Uh, so I like all of that. I love the fact that Cameron Smith is going to a pub to watch his team in the middle of the day on Wednesday. I don't love the fact that you're doing it. You, I, you better punch <laughs> out on that time clock. Uh, you're not getting paid for those hours that, that you've already asked for those. I've already asked for those two and a half hours off, and it's been approved. <laughs> this is ridiculous. You want to play golf? You can go watch some rugby. You're probably going to have a couple of beverages there, uh, <laughs> hanging out with Cameron Smith. I mean, give me a break. What a boondoggle this is. <laughs> All right. I'll get into the sixth hole. My top 10 this week. I, I've got a few of them that I'll, I'll, I'll kind of sprinkle down below. One guy I, I really like, and I'm saving for my. First round leader bet later on. Uh, I'll tell you, he finished top five last week. He's got long flowing locks. Uh, you probably guess who he is, but uh, I would save him. I've got him for, for a top 10 as well, but I'm saving him for another bet. Uh, the guy I'm putting down here for my top 10 is the man that I picked to win the U.S. Open a month ago and missed the cut because he couldn't find the hole with, uh, with the putter. He couldn't find the ocean with his putter, and so – uh, I believe that Shane Lowry will figure out that putting stroke a little bit this week. And um, I, I'm not abandoning ship when it comes to Shane Lowry, who's playing some of the best golf of his career right now. I expect that to continue this week, a past open champion and all good things for Shane this week. Benny. Love it, mate. I am changing up my holes. I know exactly who you were talking to. So I'm going to steal your thunder. My first <laughs> round leader bet, my first round leader bet, which was going to come in the 13th. Well, now I'm making it the seventh hole. Tommy Fleetwood, Come on. first round leader, 4,500, I think I've seen him to 5,500. I also slayed in the guy I keep putting in there because he's brilliant in the first round from Yako Neiman. Um, we haven't seen the tee times yet. Obviously, that can change things. The Open Championship is draw-dependent more than perhaps any other tournament ever, um, although we look like we'll have decent weather throughout the first round. I laughed when you said that because, like, literally, I was like, where am I going to put Tommy Fleetwood? I like him across the board, to be honest. But I think that's great value, 45, 55 to one in that first round leader. That's why I'm stealing your thunder. And I know, I'm, I'm assuming you probably agree. Yeah, eighth all, Tommy <laughs> Fleetwood, first round leader. Like, come on, are you kidding me? We do this way too often. It's literally it's, written here, boy. Look, see. I, I, I it believe is. it. We do it all the time. Yeah. I've got raised down here. At least I, I hinted at it before yeah. uh, you stole my thunder there. But uh, look, I'm going to admit, first off, because I know some people are listening and they're going to go look at Tommy Fleetwood's recent results on Thursdays and go, Wait, yeah, he hasn't been that good. His last eight Thursday rounds, he's only broken 70 one time. And so I think a lot of yeah. people look at that and go, uh, you guys are kind of off on this Fleetwood thing. Look, I will admit this is a hunchy play, but he was second in the field in strokes gained on approach shots, third strokes gained tee to green in Sunday's yeah. final round of the Scottish Open. I often say I love looking at those metrics for a player on Sunday who's going to be teeing it up four days later. I think that uh, there can definitely be some carryover. Tommy's a guy that can make birdies and bunches. So, yeah, I love that play. And you're right. I, I like him across the board. I'm going to have him, when I come out with my ranking of the field uh, later this week, I will have Tommy Fleetwood 
inside the top five on my list. I, I like him that much. It, it's taken a while. I mean, we, we've known that Tommy Fleetwood was a world-class player, the Ryder Cup heroics, a couple of near misses at major championships. Over the past year and a half, I really feel like he was affected maybe by the COVID situation more so than some others. And it's taken Tommy a while just to become a solid, consistent player. And I think he's kind of now edged his way over the hump of being solid and consistent to being a guy that can uh, chase titles once again. And I expect him to do that this week. So uh, that is my play for first round leader, just like you. Ninth all. I love it. Ninth all, this is where I do my long shots. Now, it's funny because you can get Adam Scott up to 100 to 1. And the other, these two guys I'm going to throw at you are between 80 and 100 to 1 as well. And I think not as near as good a chance as Adam Scott, but take, take that as you may. Uh, I'm going to go with his mate and good friend, Mark Leishman, in the playoff here in 2015, lost to Louis and Zach, or Zach obviously, and that got desperately unlucky. Hit his first tee shot in the four-hole four playoff straight into a divot. You know, terrible luck there and was behind the eight ball from that point on. Otherwise would have had a really good chance to win here at St. Andrews seven years ago. And then with him, a uh, Kiwi, or I mentioned, I think at the US Open, uh, in Ryan Fox, also 80 to 100 yeah. to 1. Uh, great long shot this week. Can play links golf uh, as well as most. Uh, you know, DP World Tour guy that's been playing very well of late. So there's two long shots for you guys that, you know, if you, if you weren't thinking of, I, I think are worth a, a little sneaky small unit or two. Benny, I've already won my first bet of the week. Minus 165 for Ben Everall to mention Mark Leishman on the podcast. Yes. That was easiest money you will ever make. So, yeah, uh, so very easy. I'm 1-0 and for the week so far here on a Monday, uh, Monday morning, <laughs> talking about the Open. All right, as we make the turn here on the podcast, Benny, tell them about the PGA Tour pick them live game they can play this week. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most, when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah, absolutely. Get there to PJ Tour, pick them live, pre-game, chance to win up to $5,000 worth in prizes. Basically, you're going to put bets on, but do it for free. Um, you know, Try to pick an outright winner, a top 10 and a top 20, as well as a few three balls along the way and other things as play goes on. You're playing for coins at the current odds when you select. So the idea is to get players at their highest possible odds and lock them in. But if you just, if your guy tanks, jump on someone else. So it's a lot of fun as such. So those long shots we just talked about, get on them early. Get on someone who you think can win at the highest possible odds and then change up as you go as things progress. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. 
it's a chance to essentially get used to some betting styles uh, with no risk. And yeah, so get in, get amongst it. All right. Well, we make the turn. And as we make the turn at the old course at St. Andrews, that's what, a couple of miles away from the clubhouse. So you're, you're going to have to bring your own uh, uh, beverages out, out there. <laughs> I don't believe there are any uh, drink carts out at St. Andrews. So we uh, get to the 10th hole. And I will mention a name that I, I can't believe we've gotten this far. We're the only podcast in the world that goes this far without mentioning this name. But Tiger Woods making his triumphant return to competitive golf this week. He's played exactly two events coming into this this week. So, look, there's no reason to think a 46-year-old Tiger Woods can go out there and play good golf on uh, in a major championship. <laughs> Tiger Woods to make the cut. Print the money already right now. That's my play for the 10th hole. I in fact, Benny, I, I like it. I, I feel like that's almost too cautious. I, I like Tiger for a top 30 this week. Top 20 might be pushing it a little bit. This is about experience. This is about nuance. And I love the fact that going back about three months, Tiger Woods limped off the 18th green in Augusta National that Sunday and was asked about his future schedule. Said, eh, I'm not sure about the PGA Championship next month. It turns out he played, made the cut, withdrew because he was hurting so much. Not sure about the U.S. Open. Wound up not playing because of the injury. Open championship? Yes, absolutely, I will be there. The fact that Tiger had this circled on his calendar so early in the year and knew that this one not only is a place where he wanted to be for the historical ramifications of it, but he feels like he can go walk around this golf course and it's not nearly as hilly as an Augusta National or tough to walk as a Southern Hills. And his game should be able to hold up where, hey, I know where to hit it. I know where to miss it. I love Tiger to make the cut. And if you don't want to be that cautious, maybe throw a little more on him. Top 20, top 30. Mate, mark this down. This is the point where I think we finally are at polar opposites on something. I am going to say, and I hope I'm proven wrong, honestly. I really hope this one's wrong. But I'm going to say, and I've changed this. It wasn't my 11th hole, but it is now. My fades for the week, Tiger Woods Ooh. and Matt Fitzpatrick. Oh. So the current U.S. Open champion and Tiger Woods, two guys who should theoretically be on the radar the other side. But I just – I watched Tiger hit and watched him walk around. And, look, I feel like some of it's almost almost a bit of a show, like um, the way he winces every now and then. But at the same time, he just – he can't get around on that swing as much as I would like. And – I'm going to be the controversial person. I think, I, you know, he may make the cut, but if you can get a matchup with whoever he's paired with, I say go the other way. And the same was Fitz. Like Fitz was in here talking this morning and basically was saying, he, he, you know, he's, he, he doesn't like Lynn golf that much anymore. He doesn't feel that comfortable. He, wow. doesn't, really like this, he doesn't really like this course. Um, he had some success here as a junior, but since then hasn't really suited him he doesn't necessarily think the conditions this week will suit him it was whether he was just trying to downplay himself to get under the radar which is possible um i just didn't i just didn't like it that i didn't like what i was hearing and so i think that you'll probably get value in head-to-heads or three balls where he's in it um i said go with the other guys very very interesting good insight there and uh, the one thing i will say about fitzpatrick and I, i do like him a little bit or at least i did until hearing that he said that uh earlier today I think this is going to be a birdie fest. If Mother Nature doesn't come through and, and do yep. her job this week, if it's not blowing 40 and sideways rain for at least a couple right. of the rounds, 
Uh, we're going to see guys shooting 63, 64s, maybe even 62 to tie Brandon Grace's all-time major championship single-round record, and maybe even better than that. I mean, these guys are going to absolutely tear up this golf course if there are benign conditions. Matt Fitzpatrick is a guy who we've seen time and time again. I know the narrative is there, but on tough golf courses where the score is closer in relation to par, he plays his best golf. The U.S. Open last month, the Scottish Open this past weekend, he shot three under for four rounds and finished inside the top ten. And so that's the kind of golf that he likes to play. If this one is 20 under, 22 under for the winner, which I think it could and probably will be, uh, I don't think that it's a, a a great spot for Fitzpatrick based on everything we know about him. All right, I'll get to the 12th hole. And you mentioned matchups. Here's a guy that I, I think a lot of people aren't thinking about just because he just got into the field. The last man into the field as of right now got in when Daniel Berger withdrew. Sahith Thigala, and we've talked about him a lot on the podcast over the last handful of months. We all know what happened at the Travelers Championship. Uh, had a chance to win that, made a double bogey on the last hole and wound up losing. But this is a guy who's got a tremendous amount of talent. And we've seen his odds drop in regular PGA Tour events. He's still at 150 to 1 this week. Now, I don't know that I'm necessarily putting an outright ticket on Sahith, even though I do think that at some point he's going to be one of the favorites. I mean, within two, three, four years, we're going to see him as one of the favorites at major championships. But right now, I like him in the matchup market. Other players at 150 to 1, and if you can find these matchups, I'd hammer Thigala at minus 110, even minus 115. Phil Mickelson, Padraig Harrington, Brian Harmon, Siwoo Kim, Eric Van Royen, all of the same outright number as Thigala. I would absolutely take Thigala in a second over any of them. Love it, man. Okay. I'm going to come off the back of that with some top 40s, whereas where I had some of the most success at the US Open, so hopefully I'm going to continue that trend. Um, and what I was able to do there is to find guys that were in a little bit of form the week before or coming in uh, that weren't really getting, uh, I guess, respect in the market. Um, so I'm looking at the plus numbers in top 40s. The, the shortest of those are plus 130-ish. Uh, Gary Woodland, who was in the mix at the Scottish Open before a three-over final round, I think it was, to drop to 30th. But, hey, that would have paid in the top 40. Uh, plus 190, Kurt Kitayama, who could have won the Scottish Open and is getting no respect to potentially back up for another uh, top 40 there. Uh, another, And then Wyndham Clark is, I think, plus 250 or 350 for mm. a top 40. Um, he's obviously had a decent season, was 16th last week at the Scottish Open. And here's, uh, you know, another down-under plug. And she said, Do you come from an under? Jason Scrivener, who shot five under in the final round. Yeah. To get to one under. Scrib finished T16. He is plus 300 for a top 40. He is a DP World Tour guy. He's done very well in Lynx Golf in the past. 300 for a top 40. I think that is probably possibly the best value on the board for that market that you'll find. Jason Scribner plus 300 top 40. Yeah, I really like that play. Uh, getting to the 14th all. I'll save my top 20s for the next all, but um, I'll do my top 40s here kind of in line with yours. And I think a lot of people are going to automatically fade a lot of the live golfers this week. Look, I actually think, I don't know, maybe if Bryson is healthy, like he just bombs it 480 yards off every tee box and, you know, is able to like negate the 
the iron play that has hampered his game over the past year and just kind of wedge his way around this play? Uh, maybe. If you like Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepp, okay. What we found at Live so far over the first two events is there's some value in that mid-tier. The guys who are still motivated to go out there and play good golf on a regular basis, I think can, can do something this week. And so I'm not chasing a DJ for an outright ticket. I'm not chasing a Brooks Kepka, But I do think there's top 40 value in Justin Harding, who had a couple of nice yeah. rounds last week at the Scottish and has been playing well this year. Scott Vincent has played well so far this year. Sam Horsfield has been playing well. Lori Cantor is a guy that uh, spoke with a player who played not that long ago with Lori Cantor and said, he's got a lot of game. He's a really good player. Uh, those are guys that don't automatically, I think for most betters out there, stand out as quote unquote, the live guys, because they're not the face of the franchise over there, but they're guys who have moved on to live and still have some value. I think in the marketplace, especially just this top 40 plays. Yeah. Yeah, mate, you're right. That's the spot to look when you're looking at those guys. And look, you're right about, like, essentially, Sanders, you can just bomb away and miss if you're going to miss left, right? You can, you've got room on the left. So if any of those guys are beginners can get rid of their right miss and just caution to the wind, so to speak, and bomb away, you never know. We could, they could put up some really low number if they have a hot day. Um, so it's there to be had, but I just, I'm going to stick with the guys that we've spoken about already. So, and then I'm going to move into, what are we at? 15th hour? Is that where we are? Okay, so I've got my top 10, so that's what's left here for me. This is very conservative, not going to get you a lot, but a plus 150, the winner from last week, and the guy that's in super hot form, Xander Shockley. Um, look, everyone, a lot of people think he's going to win this thing, back it up and go back-to-back, uh, back, but I just I don't necessarily see that happening. Um, I do think he'll contend. I do think he can put himself in the mix and keep his role going, and that's why I think uh, the conservative top 10 is an option for Xander. Uh, and the other one looking at there is at a plus 375 for Tyrrell Hatton. Tyrrell yeah. Hatton, if he can keep his head on and not have too many <laughs> explosions, he's just going to have just enough explosions to get him up and keep him in that, that sweet spot that has him playing his best goal. Uh, I saw the value there at 375. Uh, getting back to Xander, I, I, look, I, I like him this week. It's, it's impossible not to at least look at him and say, hey, I like him. It doesn't mean you're betting him outright. It doesn't mean you think he's going to definitely win. But I do like Xander this week. I think a lot of people will automatically say uh, he can't keep winning, which sounds like exactly the same thing we said. And I'll admit I said it before the Masters about Scotty Scheffler. Like ah, he's he's won a bunch of times already. He's not going to win again. Come on. Like it's just the law of averages is going to peter out. He's, he's not going to be able to. Do it. And what did he do? He won again. So let's not automatically cross off Xander just because he's won two in a row or three in a row if you count the J.P. McManus Pro-Am. Uh, I'm going to get to my top 20s, and I, I like taking a shot with some top 20s. Yeah, you can be more conservative. Uh, you've mentioned a couple guys that, you know, I like Hatton. Hatton is a good top 20 play this week, but getting a couple of bigger numbers. One guy I think would have been off the radar a little bit before last week, but now he's firmly on the radar because we saw the hole-in-one about 73 times on TV and <laughs> three other birdies on that par three and uh, played some really good golf. He's been playing some great golf, some of the best golf of his career. It's not Jordan Spieth. It's not Cameron Smith. It's Jordan Smith. And uh, <laughs> if anything, he has almost like a little Shane Lowry look going on. I like this guy. I think he's a very good player. I think Lynx golf should appeal to him this week. And my other top 20 is a Belgian player. Sort of, I don't know how Belgium every couple of years comes out with these guys who hit it 
a ton, look like they're world beaters, look like they're going to be superstars from Nicholas Colsarts to Thomas Peters, and Peters has been playing some very good golf too. Thomas Dietrich, who's been playing some solid golf, two top 20s in his last three starts. Uh, I like Dietrich for a top 20 this week as well. All right. Yeah, mate, I can't fault you on those ones as much as I'd love to try to go against you like we did for the first time ever, it seems, earlier. All right, my number one pick, my outright. It's coming. I, I don't know if it'll surprise everyone, anyone or everyone, but this person has finished in the top 20 for the last seven starts, including a win. Uh, I hate to be boring, if you will, but the yep. outright favourite, Rory McIlroy, is my pick to win this Open Championship. Look, as I said, last few last start since the Masters, second, fifth, eighth, T18, first T5, T19 on the PGA Tour, that is. Uh, just And more to the point, and call it a hunch, call it a feeling, call it whatever you want, it's just the world is revolving into a spot where Rory is the guy that fits the narrative, that fits the story, fits the... The fairy tale, if you will, he's just been trending to this. He's, you know, I remember 2010 when he opened so hot here, and then the weather absolutely destroyed him. Felt like it was almost taken away from him. And big names win the Open at St Andrews. I feel like it's missing from his resume. I'm going to go with that fairy tale, Rory McIlroy, as our road baby. Not the greatest number at nine to one, ten to one, whatever you find, but I think he's primed and ready. Benny, I love ending the podcast with you here on the 18th hole with the exact same bet as you. We are totally <laughs> in tune with each other. I, it, it's a Rory McIlroy week. It's the most Rory McIlroy week ever. The narratives are all pointing yes. in his favor. Feels so much like John Rahm going into the U.S. Open last year. Where yes. all he's the favorite, but he's definitely going to win, right? And yes, <laughs> I, I just look, over the past week, two weeks, every time I put my finger on the button to click on a player, a Tommy Fleetwood or a Shane Lowry and go, oh, well, the number's okay. Maybe I'll bet a little on him as a futures play. I essentially just bet more on Rory because I, you know, I, I kind of shake myself out of it and go, no, he's the guy. He's going to win this thing. I get it. The number's not great, and, and you're, not getting, uh, you're not getting great odds, and you're not going to, you know, unless you're putting a lot of money out there, you're not getting rich off betting Rory for the Open Championship. But I, I just think everything is set up for him. I will give you – one more tidbit. I mentioned this off the top of the pod, Benny. Not only do great players usually win the Open at St. Andrews. In the 50th ever edition of the Masters Tournament, back in 1986, Jack Nicholas was your winner in a historic yep. event at Augusta National. In the 100th U.S. Open, a celebration of 100 years of U.S. Open championships, Tiger Woods went to Pebble Beach and <laughs> won by 15 strokes. Historic. We are not coming to St. Andrews for the 150th Open Championship to have a no-name come out of left field and, and win this thing. Legends win these great anniversary major championships they have in the past. I think it, it happens again this week. Rory McIlroy breaking the eight-year drought that he's had at the major championships. Yeah, I mean, just, it just as you said, it, it, the narrative is there for it. I'm all in for it. The only thing I'll accept other than that is Tiger Woods doing something miraculous <laughs> against what I said earlier, or any Australian. Other than that, it's all Rory, I think, this week. I think so, too. Well, uh, we'll either be celebrating or commiserating together come Sunday evening. He's Ben Everell. I'm Jason Sobel. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember, 
You can find our Links and Locks podcast everywhere you find your favorite podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, and listen every single week. For Ben Everall, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all your plays for this week's Open Championship. Here's hoping you hit the green. <laughs>